today on the Tim Pop Tim oh fuck. I don't <laughs> know what happened to myself then. But today on the Tim Marner podcast show I've got my Instagram friend, soon to become official in live friends, Rob Nathan, singer Rob Nathan. How are you feeling, Rob? I'm great. And it's lovely to be here. I keep leaning over. It's fine, mate. Can lean over. Can you put your chair down a little bit if you want? Shall I? Yeah, do it. So do what? Put it down? Yeah, there's a little lever on that. Oh, I'm, I'm good. No, I'm all right. I feel, I feel tall. I'm only you five sure? foot six. This makes, me feel, <laughs> this makes me feel good. This makes me feel on your level, man. <laughs> what, um, what got you into singing in the first place? What got me to singing? I I sat. I've sung since I was like seven years old. I I, I used. To, I grew up in in a little suburban town called Stanmore, and uh, my sisters used to just play all this music throughout the house, like eighties. You know, it was Duran Duran. It was Spandau Ballet. Yeah. It was Tears for Fears, and I'd sing to it. And I kind of sang to it in a different way than a lot of other children. And it was incredible. It empower, it, you know, it made me feel empowered. I was quite a shy kid. Um, and it, it got me a little bit of confidence, sort of. I moved around schools at a, a part of my life, and I had a lot of OCD problems, issues like that. And uh, it helped me to make sort of friends and, and introduce myself to people when I was starting again or being in a new situation as a as a child. And that's what that's what brought me to to. It's just opened up a door for me. Can I talk about, obviously you can say no to me, but can I talk about mental health, mental fitness, mental wellness, however people are framing it these days? Yeah. Can I talk to you about that? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, I don't know where to start with it, mate, and but I know that this is a, a big thing for both of us, yeah. talking about this, and I think it's important that men share these things. Absolutely. Can you talk to me more on that, mate? Yeah. Um, you know, I have a a history of mental illness running through the family. Um, my father was mentally ill his entire life. Um, I grew up as a kid. Again, I think the music was a good distraction because I grew up as a kid um, watching my father break down every day. You know, I'd be six, seven, eight, watching him uh, not being able to get up to go to work, to, you know, from from crying, from... And, and what was it, Rob? What was it? Depression? What w- it was depression, but back then it was obviously like a case of there's nothing wrong with you because it's the 80s and you're a f- mid-40-year-old man and get, get on with it kind yeah. of thing. Get up and go out. And Crazy, no yeah. one could really understand what he was, you know, really going through. Um, and so they stuck him on Valium from the age of like 30 till he was, till he, till he um, eventually passed away at 84. He was addicted to prescription uh, medication, diazepam, for for fifty five years. So I never really saw the tr- my true father, because I always saw him in this um, medded up, you know, state. I how did just, that? How did that affect you? It affected me more than I realised at the time. At the time, it affected me when I sort of left home and I started to try and figure out who the hell I was, um, why I was so angry, why I was so hateful towards people why I was so um yeah just bitter I was bitter I'm not saying I'm completely healed now but I, I I was a I was bitter I never realized the anger I had I mean I remember <laughs> I remember being uh younger about 30 and I was still at home um because at a point my I didn't want to leave my mother um to a degree with him and I remember a girl asking me out to go ice skating 
and it was a girl that I'd, I'd um, uh, liked for a while. And he swallowed a whole bottle of Valium in front of me. Uh, and that was 2000, it was about early 2000s. Um, and I turned around and I said, I'm sorry, I, I can't go out. Um, my dad's just swallowed a bottle of Valium. So I'll have to put that, oh, she didn't call me again. She didn't, she didn't MSN me again. It was MSN back then. So I never got, a, I never got an MSN back from her after. I was like, my dad's- And this is what you've had to sort of like deal with most I, of your- yeah, I dealt with that. My sisters lived. My sisters left home quite early, and I didn't realise why. I didn't understand the context of, you know, yeah, them, yeah. like wanting to piss off when they were eighteen years old, and they did because they saw it firsthand. I was a bit more numb to it. I was mummy's boy. I was wrapped up, uh, so I didn't see that side of life. Um, and my sisters left home, got married to the wrong men, um, yeah. had children, and you know, just to get away. Uh, and with me, uh, I stayed and stayed and stayed and stayed. And I, I bear witness to a lot uh, of things maybe you shouldn't see. It wasn't violent. He wasn't a violent man. He Just never, more psychological. Never hurt my mum. Yeah, it was uh, not in those ways anyway. It was psychological. Uh, and uh, yeah, living with that and accepting it as the norm, I think, left me quite unbalanced in terms of who I was. Um, everything I did... By, by my dad was a pipe dream you know you, you, you're never going to do that so when I got on a show at 18 years old and I um, I was uh, I was on a show on Sky called Games World I, I managed to get on I bugged the producers long enough and I got I, I got on I got the role of a part that I even wrote myself it shut him up for a few years you know um, deep down he was just it was just an awkward relationship you know he wanted me to just get out get a job go to work yeah. and I wanted to do other things I wanted to be a big star and that to him was a no because he wanted to design dresses when he was in his teens and his father threw him in the back of a fish van okay. and went no you're coming to the market with me shut the fuck up so it was you know yeah. so for, for me for him it was like what are you talking about you're going to be on TV you're having a laugh in the end he used to drive me up to the studios when I filmed um, and the whole music thing was, uh, again, to him, it was like, what are you doing? So I got a job and I got, you know, <coughs> and then I got married and had children. And that was the life that he, uh, not because he wanted me to, but it was the, 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 the life I, I, I had. And, uh, but it was hard. And I think it left me, um, I, I think with my father, he, he should have been diagnosed better. He should have been cared for better by... But again, it was the 80s and 90s and mental health wasn't a thing. Yeah. You weren't really talking about it. You were just shoved pills. Yeah. And he, he he, was that. And I've never taken a, an antidepressant in my life because of him. And as raw as I feel sometimes and as screwed up as I feel sometimes, I can't allow myself to take uh, a Valium, as they call them, because that's the same path, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. So what do you do for your sort of like mental wellness, your mental fitness? Do you, uh, some days are better than others? How do you? Yeah. Because um, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm only saying this because like, you know, when you're good, you, you're good, aren't you? You know, I talk about like when you're doing your wink to camera and stuff. I just love that about you. You've got this lovely cheeky <laughs> side about you. But yes. I'm sure there's another side that, mm. you know, sort of like numbs that and doesn't let you do that. I, I it's, it's um, the beginning of this month, April, uh, I sat down in a chair and I remember thinking to myself, I can't do any of this. 
can't live, can't be, feel normal. It was probably two, three weeks ago. I just had nothing. I had nothing. So I said to my wife, I said, I can't move. I can't do anything. I can't, I can't function today with the children, with anything, with work, because I run a recruitment company. Yeah. Um, and uh, I thought, how am I going to get out of this hole? But yeah, it lifts. Your mood lifts. Um, your children need you. You've got to pick up your daughter from preschool. You've got to talk to your son's teacher about his 25th detention of the term so far thanks josh uh thanks josh uh, fair josh yeah he's <laughs> what a kid um and then you realize that you're like people need you you've yeah. got you've got to take your your mum shopping she's she can't get about very good you've got to yeah you've got to do your four-year-old needs you to play tamagotchi um and do you talk do you talk do you talk about yeah to anybody else do you see a counsellor or anything? Do you talk to your wife about this kind of thing? Am I just putting it out in the open it's here? It's fine. Yeah, I talk to my wife. My wife knows I'm... De- right. My, my wife has dep- depression. We're, de- you know, um, yeah. she has mental illness in her family. So <laughs> we're two primed people to, to, to raise two kids. Um, but good but, examples, but, mate, of, you know what I mean? It's just talking about it and getting it out there. Yeah, and- I mean, we... Um, we do our best every day for the children uh, and we, I do tell her and she tell, you know, I do tell her I, uh, I, I feel low. She knows when I feel low, uh, but there's not a lot she feels she can do for me because um, she knows I'll be okay. She knows I'm strong mentally as well as being mentally, not, I wouldn't say I'm mentally weak, not after what I've been through, yeah. um, but I'm, I'm susceptible to very dark clouds, very dark moments, not not suicidal thoughts, nothing like that. Just sheer moments where like, I cannot no. function. Right. And I just, I'm, I hit. How a, do they come then, Rob? What's the... Wake up and feel like really? absolute shit. Yeah. Or I can wake up and clean the entire house and feel incredible. Go and do a song, put it out uh, and uh, work on my music and feel great. Um, but again, life doesn't allow me to get too down because... As I say, as a recruitment owner, um, I can have staff that haven't turned up. So the client could call me at seven in the morning and go, where's your guy? He's not here. Um, and then I've got to think quickly to try and replace that guy with another guy. Um, there's no time to be depressed, really. Uh, but because work is so quiet at the moment, after COVID, I lost so many big contracts, which allowed me to do my music and, and try and start a second career. Um I feel like uh, sometime at eight o'clock in the morning, I'm sitting there, I'm sitting there like that and I'm slumped down and I'm like, how am I going to get out of this chair? Or the other week I went to Tesco to pick up some bread for my missus and I went, I can't get out of the car. <coughs> I said, I've been in here for 20 minutes. I can't come in. And she was like, it will be all right. And I said, okay. And I think my son... How did you, how did you do that from getting, feeling like that in the car to getting out? How, how do you get out of something like that? I just like think that? of my kids or I think of... Um, I just use I, use that as a tool. I remember it? thinking to myself, I really wish my son would come to the door. He's only eleven. He's twelve on Saturday, but I just thought I wish um, he'd just come to the door so I could see him, so I could feel just find the motivation to get up and get out and and uh, so that he's like, hey, Dad, where's my beef jerky? And I'm like, all right, I'm here, uh, you know, and and that's it. So, but I think I just lit, but he was upstairs playing on his PC. I didn't want to go. I didn't want to text him and go, "Son, I feel really low. Uh, can you come to the door, please?" Do you have that relationship with Josh that you can talk to him like that? Yeah, I do. That's meant that. Mate. I do. That I, is I, I can say to him because you don't want to do the same thing as your dad and what happens to you and your dad, and you're not having that 
that connection with him when you can't talk to him like that, I think that's incredible, mate. I speak to him in regards to how the business is doing, how yeah. we are, and I always say to him, no matter what happens, you'll always have the house, we'll always have a roof, you'll always eat. If I, if I talk to you about finances or the business isn't doing well, you shouldn't worry about anything because um, it's going to be okay. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I tell you these things to, tell, to make you understand that A, sometimes I'm stressed, sometimes I'm miserable and I can't always be the way I am. You, you know, I can't always watch you play your video game or, or do the things we do just because I've got that in that moment. I'm, I'm just thinking about how I'm going to keep a roof. But never ever worry because you'll we'll always be safe and here. Um, I got myself into, into a position where I started a business and it did incredibly well for the first two years. Uh, and I got very lucky and I worked hard, but I got lucky and I ended up making thousands and thousands of pounds that I'd never had in my life. I'd always worked the same job in a call centre for 25 grand a year, going from shitty job to job. So have you all set up a recruitment company? Is that what the job was? No, I never worked for in recruitment until sort of... Um, 2012 but but between before that time all I'd ever done is go from job managing a team of 20 on an O2 contract or managing a team of 20 on a Unilever contract and you know listening to their calls and speaking to customers escalated complaints and I thought that's what my whole life was that was my whole life just sitting in a call centre putting out fires yeah putting out fires sitting in a call centre earning my £1,700 a month going home and existing, you know, and then when I found recruitment and it came good, I spent a th- few years being mentored by uh, my old boss uh, who did very well for himself. Uh, and he gave, you know, I left and I started my business um, and my clients liked me, they resonated and they gravitated towards me. So they said, well, wherever you go, Rob, we'll come. So um, with that, I started a company called Red Giant um, it's driving recruitment, so all my guys go and just deliver, drive for different contracts all over the capital. Um, and we did incredible, and it, all of a sudden I had money. So I bought the car, didn't I? Bought the Porsche. I bought the bigger house. <laughs> um, and I thought, this is, this is it, this, yeah. is, this is it. And when I should have sold it, I should have sold it. Because entrepreneurs, they buy, they start something, they sell yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, but what yeah. did I do? I stuck it, I sat, I sat there. Because you were comfortable. I was comfortable. And um, COVID hit me, us, the world, and it wiped me, yeah, 70% out of my... 70? Well, I had a, yeah, I'd say, yeah. What yeah. recruitment is it? Drive it, drivers? Yeah, literally, right. I recruit guys, they go in, they can drive for all different... Fort so, say I've got 17, yeah, anything, yeah. 17, 17, 18 different contracts. Yeah. Um, they could deliver ice, they could be delivering paint, they could be delivering meat, depends where I'm sending them. Right. So all these companies are signed up with me uh, and a um, lot of pressure, four in the morning, where's your driver? Or well, is he not there? Phone the driver, phone switched off. Right. I've had 10 years of that. Right. right. So that's, that's, that. that's stress. That's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I had a contract, very big Because most of these are driving through in morning, aren't they, at night? Yeah. Yeah, some of them. Um, but what happens is as you get larger, you have to then recruit more people that you don't know. You know, and you got all of a sudden you've got 15 guys that you know, then you need 25 guys, you know, uh, and then you're hiring a bunch of new people. Yeah, Rob, don't worry, I'll turn up for you in the morning, no problem. Fill out all the forms, they give you all the reassurance, you know, they're, they're, they're there. Um, and they're, with having the under sort of like lying mental sort of like fitness that you've got, mm-hmm. with that on top of it, does it affect it or can you sort of like 
compartmentalise that where it's just like it doesn't affect you to your core? It it doesn't any no, it doesn't. Um the anxiety I used to feel about people not turning up isn't with me anymore. I, right. I've, I've I've grown mentally not to be going to bed at midnight looking at the phone, looking right. at the phone at five, six in the morning, thinking, yeah. Oh my god. I don't actually do that much in my because I haven't got the work anymore. So it's like, we've only got like 20 guys out instead of 40 or 50 now. And right. most of those guys I've known for four or five years, they've worked with me for so long. Yeah. Um, and it's very rare we get someone that lets you down. But that's what the culture is and that's what it's been. Anyway, when COVID hit me, I lost a contract worth 350000 a year. Um, wow. And it took, it, 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 it was, yeah, it, it wiped me out. Uh, I, I had to start again. And what happened in that moment, mate? Where, where did your red go to? How My head was okay. I was just like, oh, furlough. Okay, all right. I'll just sit here. I'll right, sit okay. here for a while. I'll just, I'll just relax. I'll do something else. I'll, right. I'll, I'll do something. And um, at that point, I started to think more about me and the what I have. What, what you had time to reflect in that moment. Yeah, and then Dad got sick. You know, Dad was getting sicker. Um, so from 2020 to 2021 you know he was getting worse and then obviously he passed in um march 2021 so was dealing with that and dealing with my mum and again very busy time to be like sitting around moping um (laughs) so i just got on with that um red giant was there was no work because everyone said we'd furloughed and you know uh we took a mortgage break so nothing was too bad it was okay and we um we got by it and then slowly I built the business back up to what it is now which is like week to week uh Mm. some weeks are bad some weeks are okay all my stuff is ad hoc now I used to have those contracts where you'd have the same guys in every day week after week after week so before you so you knew you'd have you'd be making a couple of grand gross profit before you'd even started the week now it's not like that if a branch here use you the week after they're like we don't need you next week our guy's coming back off holiday so it's like you can have a great week and then it can be brutal and that's currently what's going on uh it's been like that for a while so and although i'm still bringing clients on and phoning and being the salesman um out of 17 odd clients maybe five will use you in a week you know it, it's not you can sign up clients to your blue in the face doesn't mean they're going to use you so you're doing everything yourself have you always done everything yourself no we sales had, and all that you had, you had people working for you i've had people working for me yeah we we built up to a team of three at one point obviously i wanted to make it into a into yeah. a, a bigger business but covid hit me hard and then um it hasn't been viable for me unless i had an investment to redo it and have staff working for me. So I'm the T guy, I'm the sales guy, I'm the guy that books the drivers, I'm the guy yeah. that registers the drivers, I'm the guy that talks to the client, yeah. I'm everything. Um, so that whole process is on me as well. Um, and do you do you want to build Red Giant up to where it was before? Or is it, is it have you now sort no. of rediscovered who no. Rob I is? I don't, right. uh, yeah. There's more to life. So from my metamorphosis as a call center guy um, to entrepreneurial recruitment guy, I'm ready for the next phase of my life. Okay. So that was me. That was, that was the office work. And then it was the working from home guy, do what he wants, doesn't answer to anyone. Yeah. Go out shopping. If I want, I can take calls. I can go to New York. I was doing, I was doing six grand a week. I was in New York, I was sitting in Times Square, I was thinking, this is amazing. 
I'm running this business, I can run this business on the toilet. It was wonderful. Um, you know, so that's how it was. But now I feel that the business has has something. It has something because we got through COVID. Um, it survived. A lot yeah. of businesses didn't. Yeah. Um, we've done higher numbers since COVID. So say we did a gross pro so we did a turnover of like 800 grand and then COVID we did a 250 grand year and then pre-COVID we've done 500 and mm -hmm. then we're doing 650. And it shows an investor now it can go, oh, well, there's value here. You know, um, there is value. So I'd like to be in a position to... Um, Get investment or exit. I'd like to exit. Yeah. I'd like to exit for the right price. It's not worth a million pounds, but it's worth some decent money. It would bring some value to another recruitment company that might want a transport leg. There might be a business out there that wants a transport part of their business. They haven't got that yet. So that's what I'm looking to do. Um, and while I do that, and while I continue to run the business and look for the right um, buyer, investor, whatever we want to do, because I may have to stay on because I'm still the face. Those yeah, clients yeah. want me. They like me. Um, the music will be um, my next uh, tr transformation into, uh, you know, when someone says to me, well, is it always been the way the music's always been the it's no the it, calling no it, it well I was always a singer I was always a writer I was an actor as you know I, yeah. I did the, the, the TV shows so I've yeah. always been performing in some way but um, but I didn't sing or pick up a microphone for sixteen years um, between the, the times of between two thousand and seven. Uh, until 2022 but was it always in the back of your mind yeah it's always but is it always been niggling i wrote away, a song yeah? tim that let me tell you a quick story yeah go on i was in a call center um and i was writing songs and i was going to my producer in, in labrook grove in west london try i was 22 i was this hopeful young man and i wrote a song called now that i found you it was called it was a soppy love song you know about my first girlfriend and, um, something like that, and uh, I, I, uh, and I will tell you off camera who who this person is, but I sat next to another uh, gentleman, and uh, he was a singer, um, and he said, "Oh, we should swap tapes, mix tapes, you know, get some ideas off each other." So I said, "Yeah, okay." So I gave him my my tape with this song on it, uh, amongst some other bits and bobs, and uh, didn't think anything of it. Wait for it. Mm -hmm. A few years later, in the early 2000s, a song came out and uh, very good, uh, it did very well. Uh, it was on YouTube, it was being used at arenas and events. UFC would play it a lot. Uh, and it did well, 10 million views, YouTube. And I listened to it and I thought, that part is mine. That's my song. That's now that I found you. Those, that little interpolation he does there to, towards the bridge, that's my fucking song. Um, back then, when we were young and stupid, we didn't copyright anything. We yeah. didn't... Everyone used to go, send it to yourself, and the, t and the stamp on it will make it your... It, you know, it makes it... And you're like, yeah, and I used to... I did that maybe a few times, but he... This was around 2010, the song, he's probably... He's, he, he did well, he wrote... He, then he went on to write songs for... Mariah Carey and and uh, that song blew him up uh, and actually wasn't that bitter about it. It just made me realise, number one, don't be a dick and share your work like that when yeah. you're working on stuff. And number two, 
my songs are good enough to go worldwide. Um, but I, then I then I did I, I I stopped for quite a long time because uh, I was just not in in that headspace. Uh, yeah, I wasn't in that headspace at all. My first son had been born. Uh, well, my only son. Um, uh, I was busy being a dad and just trying to provide. But um, he did well. Yeah, he did well. And and it's uh, it's a uh, it's just one of life's moments where you think, yeah. wow, wow. I mean, thanks, well, mate. Like, you, 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 I mean, you like you say, mate. You can't get better about it. Mm. Have you? You just got to take ownership of it that you shouldn't give it to him and then you go look you know if it has gone like that then what else have I got what else am I capable of doing well, there's so much in my locker that yeah. it didn't matter to me I've written a song I wrote a song in 2003 um, that is uh, is what well, I'm re I'm re gonna rejig it or this is not my lead single which is coming out yeah. but it's it's such a good beat and good song that you know it's better than what I gave him you know, um, you've got to believe in yourself. I didn't do anything with the music I wrote. I wrote this song, and honest to God, it it would be, it would be in any chart in any country. And I know that sounds arrogant. I could sit here and tell you that I can write a song better than Ed Sheeran, and people would say, "What are you talking about? Are you mental?" I'm like, "No, I'm not. I can, and I will, and I'll show you." But you can't have that sort of mentality around everybody. They laugh yeah, their asses off, yeah. and you you can you can. But I'm I'm positive, and I know I can because I know what I'm doing. Yeah. I mean, this song, it will come out. And when when I was making music back then, there was no audience. You could put it on MySpace, yeah. but I didn't have an audience. See, I've got an audience now. My, my Instagram has grown to that level that I've got. A proper audience, and now that I'm starting this process again, I have I have a fan, not a fan base. I don't like fan that word. Fan. I have listeners. Yeah, you know, and it's a different it's a different game now. But what what is the what is the thing? What have you got in your head? What what's your goal now? Then what have you what goal have you set for yourself? What? I haven't got a, a established goal in terms of I want to be. A, a, a you want to become an artist? Yeah, a known yeah. artist. Possibly, right. it depends how it happens for me. I've just written a song. It's coming. It comes out. Uh, it's not a plug. Uh, it comes out on sun this Sunday. Um, I don't expect it to come out and blow up straight away. Yeah. But I expect when people hear it, they will want to hear it again. And where are you and putting again. it out when you put it out? It's going on all the usual stuff. Spotify. Yeah. yeah you yeah. know, hundred thousand songs uploaded on that platform a day. Yeah. You know. So how are you going to get it heard? Well, I'm going to have to work my ass off. I'm going to have to sell it. To radio stations. You've got that credentials though with your sales background, knowing how to. Yeah, yes, I have. I have, but the goal for me uh, isn't essentially being an. I don't have to be an artist if I don't want to be. Um, I'm older now. Uh, it's the, the the industry isn't as ageist as it was. I remember having a management meeting with a two fellows that wanted me to sign me up, and they went, "The problem with you, Rob, is you're 29." And I, I sat there, I was almost choked on my chicken Caesar salad. And I was like, right. And this was, they were seriously, they were like, we've got a guy called Marcus and he's 23. This is the problem, Rob. You know, really? this, this is the problem. And at 29, I looked probably 20, you know, honest to God. Um, and they were like, ah. 
And they were really like pained over it because they were talking to a 29 year old and the industry was like that. It was never, it was never, they wouldn't ask how old is he? They'd ask how young is he? That was the, that was the, that was the, that was the key question in the music industry back then. Oh, how young is he? You know, they want 17 year olds, they want 18 year olds, they want, you know, but it's not like that now. But I, but I, I would turn around to you and I'd say, uh, I'm not overly worried if I'm an artist or not. My stuff can go into movie soundtracks, I'll be happy. My stuff can be used on adverts or, uh, well, maybe not adverts, but TV shows, uh, movie soundtracks. So that's the kind of thing you see yeah. with your... Yeah, and plus, um, I'd like to have the individual freedom to do what I like, because that's the life I live now. So what's stopping me get getting um, my Patreon going? Now, my Instagram is on you know, 11,000 plus subs at the moment. It's not great. I've only done it a year. Say I get to 20, next year I get to, this year I get 20,000 subs. Even if 10% of those people sign up to pay $3 a month, you know, that's a living. Yeah, that's a living. So when people turn around to me and go, how can you do music as a career? They don't understand that I have people that genuinely want to hear me and listen to me. You know how to run it as a business, you see. That's right. That's the difference. That's right. I can I can brand it. I'm yeah. a brand now. I can make Rob J Nathan a brand. Yeah. You know, from the logo or the the YouTube logo band. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah. only just started doing YouTube. And I was in my comfort zone again on Instagram. I got very popular in South America, Argentina, Brazil. Uh, I've got a media manager in Brazil. She. Yeah, I'm going to say your sound's got that kind of feel, <laughs> hasn't it? Thinking about the thing it. is, I, I've got a lady who's. Who's an elite? Who was an elite fashion model, all over the world: Tokyo, Paris, London, uh, New York. And she heard my work, and she wanted to to. Be, we befriended each other. So my new song, "Dancer," has been used on her cruise fashion her, her fashion shows. She, I allowed her to preview it, and it, 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 you know, it was it was a really good experience. She loves the song, and she's become sort of my media manager in Brazil because I have a fan base there. Yeah. So. Because I'm not very well known in the UK or uh, at the moment, or if it, I ever am, I thought, well, let's go after the audience that do enjoy me. Now, because I was in that comfort zone, releasing songs, making covers every every week, I'm singing covers, I'm doing yeah. covers all the time. Um, I'm getting all these people. I'm having to learn Brazilian and Spanish phrases so I can thank them all and you know understand what they're saying. Um, then all of a sudden, I switched to YouTube just because I wanted a broader audience and. That's a different animal. You expose yourself to West, more English people. Uh, all of a sudden, there's people going, you sound like a fucking cat. Mate, someone told me, I hope you get cancer and die. Oh, lovely. On mine. I'm just like, cheers, uh, 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 Any particular video that was? Or? <laughs> I can't remember. Right, okay. Well, that's nice. Um, it's so, just, they're just ruthless. But it, it's like, you've just got to get into an headspace that it just doesn't bother you. You can't control what people are saying, but you can, can control you, how you react to those things. Like, whatever, mate. You must be in such a dark place to say something like that. I, 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 yeah, I find this... I'm not trying to diss the UK, although there's not a lot to love about it right now, but yeah. I find the culture is there's so much hatred. Yeah, yeah. When you're successful or you're trying to do something yeah. successful, they want to pin you oh, down. Oh, yeah, yeah. They hate... You, people hate winners here. Yeah. They hate winners. And I'll give you a really quick example. Um, I'm a big sports fan. So in the 80s, right, Steve Davis was winning everything. Every snooker tournament, they hated him. 
Boring, mm. Steve Boring Davis, they call him. Yeah, yeah, won six world titles. Oh, he never misses a pot. Yeah. He's this, they hate him. When he started to show a bit of fragility, yeah. and Hendry came along, knocked yeah. him off his perch, and he, he looked vulnerable. Everyone loved him. All of a sudden, Steve Davis was, you know, oh, they, they'd love him to, they want him to win the one more time. Yeah, yeah. That's how, but because he showed <coughs> the frailties, yeah. people felt that they could relate to him because yeah. he was a loser all of a sudden and not a winner. And on the flip side, you've got Frank Bruno, who was always the lovable loser that never won a world title. And everybody loved Frank. The minute he won a world title, everyone jumped on his back and he got mentally ill. So, because they hated the fact that he, oh, he'd, he'd achieved his dream. Oh, he mm. wasn't a loser anymore. He wasn't lovable Frank. He was world champion Frank, you know, making millions and millions of pounds fighting Mike Tyson. All of a sudden, people started the hatred. And that's how I feel if you try to elevate yourself even people close to me, yeah. they're seeing what I'm doing, they don't like it. Yeah. They don't like it. Yeah. Because I'm trying to get out of that rat race, because I'm trying to elevate myself mm. and go, hey world, I'm a, music I'm a singer, yeah. I'm a writer. This is who I truly am, all of a sudden, everybody. And they're like, oh, well, couldn't he just stay doing recruitment or in his call centre? Because now my life feels a little bit boring. Yeah. And I don't like this. Yeah, this yeah, is making yeah, me yeah, uncomfortable. Yeah. You're putting a spotlight on my unmet needs and I, I don't want to... And it, all of yeah. a sudden they look at themselves and they yeah. go, fuck that guy. Yeah. yeah. And I, and, you know, I don't swear off and on, you know, I know, I know. But um, it's like, wow, I can't believe people that I thought were either mates or yeah. I was close to can be such a bitch over the fact that I'm just opening my mouth and trying to entertain people and people writing to me thank you for your thank you for your song um your voice makes me feel better yeah. you're singing a song that takes me back to my youth yeah it's been, it is and, and, and they're like I haven't heard this one for haven't heard this one for so long you sang it lovely and then you've got the ones closer to home going yeah, who's he think he is? I, I hope he doesn't upload anymore. Yeah. I hope he stops this facade. Yeah, 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 well, this yeah. isn't a facade. This is me. Yeah. And then I wanted to write the song because I thought once I get to a certain amount of people, I'm gonna, I'm gonna write my music because writing is what I love. So, and that's where we are. How many songs have you got written? Well, there's eight or nine that I've written. Um, five or six would need to be re-recorded because they're 2004, 2005 right. and then I stopped. So the production is old and they sound a little bit. So you've got some nuggets there. You just need to nuggets. re... got some nuggets. Love, lovely. I'll send you... Yeah, yeah I'll million percent. I'll right. send you one that, that I think you'll really, really love. So what is your sort of like style then, Rob, of writing? Is it, it more sort of tragic love, sort of romantic? <laughs> um, the song I've written... Yeah. that's coming out, Dancer. It's about a relationship that's uh, gone a little bit stale yeah. because of life's distractions. Yeah. So two people can fall in love. Yeah. I've seen it happen with people and, you know, um, and they fall madly in love and they spend every yeah. day together. They, they, they do everything. And then a high-powered job can get in the way. The children can get in the way. And all of a sudden you don't see uh, that person as... The, as you, you're not those people anymore. You're the yeah, kids' when, parents. Yeah, when you were first saw them. So yeah. there's like a, a there's a whole galaxy between the pair of you now. Yeah. You hardly talk to each other. You pass each other on the stairs. Um, you don't look at each other the same way. Yeah. And this song, Dancer, is about being, just taking a moment out to go, wow, if we could just 
find that magic again, that spark. If you could just be my dancer, just be that person again. I knew, I, I knew we could save this, we can do this. Um, so the song is very abstract in the fact that it talks about galaxies, stars being apart, being so far away. But and that's how I wrote it. I wrote it like a yeah, like a, a song in space yeah. about your you know you're so far away because those are the lyrics, uh, and I'm still searching for. For the dancer, the, the girl that I used to know that lit up a room, but now we've got you've got all of these things going on, and I don't see that person anymore. I can't see you. So that song's a little bit tragic, but it, it's also uh, uh, it gives a modicum of hope that. Yeah, I think that is. I mean, I think that's you know I don't know you that well, but I feel that that is you in there. There's a lot of. Darkness, but always within that darkness is that beautiful bit of hope. Yeah, that, and I love art that that sort of like symbolise that. A lot of my photography and stuff always symbolise that. Kind, of, there's a lot of darkness and edginess, but there's always one beautiful, like just like bit of hope and ray of sunshine and light that will always see you through. Like Tupac wrote that poem, "A Rose That Grew Out of Concrete." Yeah. That little bit of hope from yeah, all the yeah. sh crap and all, all the, the stuff crap, that's yeah. gone on, yeah. it still grew from a, from from out of the cracks. Yeah. And I think that's you know uh, symbolic of of guys like you and me that yeah. that, that that can that can rise above a lot yeah. of what we've been through. Because I've I, I, yeah, I, it just I, comes from adversity, mate, doesn't it? And coming through crap and like doing that and you know going through COVID and all these stresses, anxiety of what the world and like always you've no matter what you've always got to have hope. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like you, 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 your son coming to the door. That little bit of hope gets you out of that car. Yeah, it's like it's so powerful, mate. Isn't yeah, it? and my daughter as well. She's she's four. She's um, both. You know, both of my kids are slightly. They have like high functioning autism. They are they are incredible. And uh, Isla, my daughter, she's 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 the sunshine. And again, she's she's the subject of a song because she 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 can make me. She gets me out of that bubble. She'll get me out of that moment of despair because the innocence that she portrays is just yeah. magic. It's magic. But what I would, yeah. But my whole, my whole thing, my whole mantra is: no matter how old you are, I'm sitting here. I'm 46. I'm I'm ready to start the next phase of my life as a as a singer. Um, and just whoever's out there that that needs to hear it, you know, I'm yeah. not no I'm not no life coach, but just don't throw it away if you've got that if you've got anything if you're good with art if yeah. you're good with songs if you're good with you know putting an engine together and you don't think you're ever going to be able to do it again you yeah. can't give it up because dad passing really just made me realize how short everything is you know and how little time it looked back i'll be 60 before you know it and then i'll be kind of too much you know to 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 to, to be rocking and rolling and shaking my hips can't, my hips are so bad. Um, they are so bad. Um, but that's that's my whole mantra. It's like everyone that listens to me comes onto my page. I want them to know: do not give this shit up because you can do whatever you want. And yeah. like you always say, don't let other people's opinions. No, no. It's the biggest, my biggest thing at the minute, mate. That I'm talking about. It's you know I did a, I did a social media training day with some girls down in a hair salon. Um, and the conversation just started for the first two hours about how they were scared of putting themselves out there. They were beautiful. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh my God, you're gonna, 
not do it because of what other people think. And I'm just like, I th- it was heartbreaking. Yeah. Knowing that this, these are what these, you know, younguns are going through. That's right. And it's, it's harder. It's usually the fact that they're worried about the people closer yeah. to home. Because strangers generally are quite supportive. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's usually you can't break out of, oh my God, what's this person going to think of me? And what's that person? What's my mother mm. going to think? What's my, not my mother, she's very supportive. But um, that is usually what it is. It's, it's, I guess it's like maybe sometimes coming out. You know, as well, uh, you're so worried what your parents or the ones close to you are going to think before you think about anybody else. Because strangers usually are are, are quite accepting and they don't know you. They haven't lived, they don't know you. They're seeing you for the first time, but it's usually the people that are closest that you're so worried about. And that was the hardest part for me. Starting that first George Michael cover, uh, you know. How long ago was that? Feb 22. Not long ago. Not long ago, and that was the first. The covers I, are meant, mate. I love the covers. Oh, I do, honestly, mate. I really, I, I do love the covers. You, oh, so, mate, I'd love that. So please, yeah, the covers, the covers are meant. The, the covers are meant. The, I, I just. If you were gonna do one for me, and it's a really random, it's but um, Seal Kiss from a Rose. Done it. I said, have you already done that? Yeah. I've not seen that I'll one. I'll tag it for you. Well, I do so many. Tag me in. <laughs> tag me in I have done that. I yeah. have done that, and it's yeah, it's it's it's. Yeah. I've done it's, it. it's such a good way, mate, so people find out about you and stuff, and then get you know fall in love with you, and then when you do bring your your stuff out, then they get really engaged in that as well. Yeah, I want them to know who where I've come from and who I am. But I, the Duran Duran just suits you down with it. <sighs> To a treat, doesn't it? Yeah. All that 80s. 80s is everything to yeah, me. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's when I grow up and it's, it's. I think so many people now love that era, yeah. um, which is why that music synth wave is so popular now. It's yeah. so popular uh, because they're hearing new music, which still sounds familiar like it was back then. Yeah. So synth wave has become a massive thing. Um, and there are artists out there specifically targeting an audience uh, yeah. that love the 80s. Um, but yeah, it's lovely to sing um, Wham, and it's lovely yeah, to it's sing. But meant. but I want to do, I'll, you know, and I carry that. You know, some people go, oh, you you kind of sound like George Michael a little bit, and you kind of sound like Phil Collins, and you say it's like I'm rolled up into all of these people because they've influenced me. Like Terence Trent Darby for me was a massive inspiration in the '80s when I first heard him sing Wishing Well, uh, and If You Let Me Stay, those songs in 1987. He taught me how to sing. It was people like oh Michael Jackson, and it was that guy that taught me how to, how to how to sing. He was unbelievable, um, and you know I haven't covered any of his stuff yet. But is that what you're gonna do? Yeah, maybe maybe one or two. But again, I, I co- I'm I'm happy to be a cover guy. Um, but there is I want I want my stuff to be out there just so people can hear it. And if they like it, they love it. It goes yeah, yeah, great. Yeah. Then fantastic. you just intersperse it with the cover stuff, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. like, I'm not going to release this single and go, that's it, I'm not doing any more covers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because people love familiarity. Yeah, they love it, mate. They love it. If you get up in the morning, just not listen to one of your tunes. Getting up, seeing me on the feed. Uh, what, was the, what was the tune called from Bats the Future, the first one you were listening to? Use? Yeah, yeah. Have you done that? Bloody hard to sing. Is it? Yeah, it's a real... Yeah, I've, I've done a couple of rough cuts and I've gone, oh, I'm not sure if I like that. Because obviously what I do is I do it in one, you know, I do a take and then I look back at it and I think, yeah. you're a little, but probably people would think it was fine, but it's me, it's my... Perfectionism. It's, yeah, yeah, I'm like, I can't, you know, if I'm one note funny, I'll, I'll watch it back and it'll bug me. And I'd be like, I bet people can hear that. 
<laughs> I wonder if I've only got 500 likes because of that. And that's another thing. You start off and you think, if I can get 100 likes, that would be amazing. And because when you're first starting out, you know, people put up pictures of what they eat for breakfast and, and they get um, six likes, you know, and I just think, well, what, you know, that's, that's what they want to get out of social media. But me, I was like, when I got my first 100 likes on a song, I was like, oh, this is incredible. Now, if I, get, if I haven't had 100 likes in an hour, I start freaking out. Yeah. That's the problem with social media. Yeah. Because you're then judge you're 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 sitting you trying not to sit there all I'll, yeah people can admit they can bullshit all they like but when they put out a post they're looking at it to see who's watching it and if I haven't had a hundred likes in an hour I'm thinking oh people aren't enjoying this right I didn't do it I didn't sing good enough I, I picked the wrong right song. so you attach that to people not liking the song you're not, not you're not good enough. Uh, no, I don't. I don't attach it to me not being good enough, but I attach it to the fact that people don't I've like either it. picked the wrong song. Um, but then the, the algorithm can screw you anyway. Yeah, of course it can. You know, um, I mean, Madonna has five million odd followers, but she'll put out a post. She might only get ten thousand likes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On that's nothing. That's a tiny percentage. Mm. So you can't beat yourself up too much. But don't let people tell you that they're not watching their likes and they're there because they are and that's how you judge whether or not you're any you're decent um on the flip side of that um you know there, there could be a situation where um yeah you know i'm i'm the, the yeah as i say the algorithm is is everything everyone wants to go viral try to stop thinking about going viral but then I can spend an hour, two hours doing a piece of content, making a really good song, making a new video, doing everything, making it look great. And you go on TikTok and you know, you've done, you've got, you've got 30 likes and someone's just recording their mentally ill neighbor shouting at them across the fence and that's got a hundred thousand. Yeah, yeah. And you think that's the culture you're dealing with or a, or a girl or, or a bloke that's got their pecs out and they're jiggling about yeah. and it's 500,000 likes and you've got four. And you think, am I too old for this? Am I, has, 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 has this passed me by? Have I, it, it, you can drive yourself mental. Yeah, of course you can. You, get, you, just, you can, just can't do that. <laughs> you just keep doing another People video. Just, you just keep doing another video. You just keep showing up. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, as I say to a lot of people, it's like when all the, the motivational quotes have run out and stuff like that, what are you going to do now? Right? It's just, it's called discipline. And what you do is you keep turning up every day and you just keep fucking doing it and just keep 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 doing it and you don't fucking stop. You're right. If you love it, if you truly love what you do, do not stop. You're right. Because, yeah. Because every day, yeah. once I've done the Instagram post, yeah. then in the morning I do a YouTube short, yeah. upload it, then I do a Facebook yeah. reel. I get so confused. Facebook reel, YouTube short, yeah, yeah, yeah. Instagram reel. Yeah. And I still, I'm staying consistent now. Yeah, and every yeah. day I get two or three more subs. Yeah. Two or three more subscribers. Just and, doing it wrong. and I want to, I put up a post last night and I just said to my audience, I said, what if I just keep practicing and keep practicing being and, until I get so good, I can't be ignored anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's all, that's, that's, that's literally it. That's it. Yeah. If I release, release this song yeah. and it's really good, you can have every music coach in the world have you seen these guys i don't know how long we've got by the way so have you seen these guys uh that tell you how to promote your music no. it's a massive massive money maker right, okay. right? what can the, imagine it is the the top guy i won't name names but yeah. he's he's very good he's very successful multi-millionaire retired long ago he's my age 
Um, and people base their model on him. And it's like, I can show you how to increase your social media. I can show you how to get 1 million streams on Spotify. I can show you how to get 1,000 new fans every month. And they want you to sign up with them, pay them a couple of grand a month, and they'll help you with your social media. They'll help you with your a 28-day plan to release your single. You can. There are artists signing up for this everywhere. Yeah. Uh, and I did it for one month to see what it was all about, and then I've, I've come out of it. And the culture is poisonous. Yeah. It's poisonous. And all it is, is these people want to make money off of artists. Now, if every artist did this and they were all successful, it's never going to happen. Yeah. Most, most of the guys that are signing up are musicians. What if the song's crap? What if you haven't really gone through the right channels yeah. to, to... If you've not put the time in. Yeah, what if, yeah. What if your song's rubbish? Yeah. Do you think you're going to do all this thing that your manager said and it's yeah. going to go viral? Yeah. Your song's not good enough. Yeah. My song's good enough. So what if... I do things differently to everybody else. What if my song's good enough and I'll go, there, it's out there now. Listen to it if you want. Yeah. It doesn't say I won't push it or I won't try. But what if I don't spam you in the face every day with it? It's coming out Sunday. Three hours left. Two hours left. Yeah, yeah. One hour. That's what they're all doing. Yeah. And they're all getting up. They're all sitting there with the guitar and they're walking through the street or that. And they're all doing the same thing. Yeah. I'm going to do myself now on a bus doing it. I'm going to do myself walking through Carnaby Street doing it. And I'm sorry to anybody that I've offended because I know people that have done that. Yeah. Um, but they're all doing the same thing. Same thing, thing yeah. Because they've listened they've to these... They've all got the same trend so list they, that yeah. they're doing. So yeah. they've listened to... These so they're becoming exactly the same as everybody else. That's right. Yeah. So they've listened to these music moguls that yeah. have told them how to do it and how to build your base and how to build... They're still sitting on 900 followers. Yeah. Their music comes out, Spotify, they've got 100 streams in a month. 200 streams in a month, 500 streams in a month, and they're not going anywhere, and they get down, they get depressed, they don't know what to yeah. do. They either give up, or they go, I'm gonna do a new single now. So within the space of two weeks that their single's been out, um, they're, oh, my new one's coming out. They, they reel them off like, like it's candy on a conveyor belt. No, 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 my song is special. If I don't give you another song in six months, that's up to me, that's because, I've worked hard, but they're like, no, no, you've got to cultivate your audience. You've got to keep them going. You've got to keep them on a string. You've got to, you've got to give them merch. You've got to give them t-shirts. You've got to give them key rings. You've got to give them the acoustic version of your single. You've then got to give them the, your, your next single. Within six weeks, get your next single out. No, because what you're doing is people, <laughs> it's, it's a swipe culture now. If someone doesn't like your song within seven, four, to, four to seven seconds, they're going to click straight away and get rid of you. If my song can't captivate that person in four seconds, I've done, I haven't done my job. And these songs, they start to strum the guitar. Someone's gone like that already. You're done. So the culture is so killer now. What if I just release this one song and go, you know what, for six months, I'm just gonna go back to sing covers. If you like this song, great. I'm not gonna feel pressure from this industry, from what these people yeah. are doing to artists. Really because every artist is doing, is doing this now and they're all following the same pattern. I can't do it. So. That's meant that, mate. So I'm just saying, uh, if your song, if, if there's any artist out there and you believe in your song and it's good enough and you've written a great piece of music, believe in yourself. It doesn't mean you have to spend every single day spamming your fan base about your song because it will find its way to the top. It will, it will. You just gotta believe it. Is this not something that maybe in the future that you could do is help other artists out? get the music out there and do it differently 
know what I mean? It's just education and knowledge, mate, isn't it, really? I'd like to be in a genuine position of power if right. I was to do that and had credentials behind me saying, this is Rob Nathan, yeah. his song went on to be in this movie, yeah, yeah. And, it, 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 um, and now um, I've got a record label and I'm going to sign you to this label and I'm going to help you that way. I'm not going to be like, well, give me two and a half thousand pounds, which is somewhat a conversation I've had with someone re- about six months ago. You give me £2,700, Rob, and for six months I'll work with you. We'll work on your social media, we'll work on your Instagram, we'll work on this and that and that. So I said, so... Um, They're basically saying the same thing to everybody else, giving them the same yeah. fucking strategy. Yeah, we did a video call together, and I said, so... Um, so and so, I said, uh, so £2,700, I said, yeah, for, for, for six months or however long, I think it was less than that. She said, yeah. I said, so what if... What if it doesn't go well? What if I'm not happy with what you do? I said, you've still earned your money. I said, I'd rather work in an organic way with you where, you know, um, you know, we, we work on something together and if I get successful and make money from it, you make money from it. Oh, she went, you sounds like you need a man. You, you, you're just after a manager then. And that was her attitude. She was, because she knew I wasn't going to pay her £2,700 just so that she could do a usual thing she just oh, wanted to I've, move on to the next person yeah oh but I've worked with this person and that person well that's great and I'm sure you have but um, I don't have that money right now um, and I'd rather you know use that money to work on my song and work on my budget um, and I was like well yeah you can't you, you know regardless of how well I do you're still earning that money off me <laughs> she went and that was that so those people are out there and yeah. um, they need to make a living and I think if you need, if you look at the big picture, you'll realise that's what they're trying to do. They are trying to pay their bills yeah. on the back of your, you know, back of your talent. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, you know, as I say, I think there's there's two things that resonate with people what I do. And the first one is I'm a live singer. I sing live into a mic. Um, there's no auto tune. You hear. 80% of this stuff on social media, it's all going through those filters where they sound like they're robots and some of it is just auto-tuned so much you can't even distinguish a human voice. Uh, that's the first thing, I'm live, my vocal is raw. And second of all, I sing songs that people enjoy and remember. Um, and, and that's why I've tried to keep it real, as, a, as a, you know, just a real enjoyable page that people, you know, and oh wow, he's singing the Rocky soundtrack. I did that one and it was like, you know, it did really well. And it's just, just sing raw, uh, be normal, be natural. Um, and people will, you'll resonate with, you know, you know you'll resonate with people. Uh, I'm just a normal guy singing in his room. People write to me, I can't believe you wrote back to me. I said, why? I can't believe you've written back to me. Why not? Because people don't, you know, yeah. these, uh, it's not nice. I, I'm, I try to reply to everyone and I look at other artists and I see they don't even heart it. They can't even give give the give a reply as a heart because they're too wrapped up in themselves. And yeah. These people have made me, given me a voice, especially the people of Brazil, as I said, Argentina, they've given me a voice. The least I can do is say obrigado or uh, muchas gracias or to, to make them feel nice. They've, they've made me feel incredible, so. Where can people find you, Rob? Hmm? Where can people find you? What's your Instagram handle? Instagram is Rob J Nathan Sings. And that is where I am. Uh, again, I didn't want to call it Rob J. Nathan Music because everybody puts music after their name. So I'm Rob J. Nathan Sings. People are probably going to do that now. So I'm there on YouTube. I'm there on Facebook and Instagram. I'm not much of a TikToker. 
unless some social you know some social media power decides to use my song and make me go viral yeah. but um i'm more of an instagram youtube guy and yeah. I'm, I'm enjoying it rob j nathan uh, same on spotify I'm Rob J. Nathan on Spotify, just as an artist name, because things would be a bit weird uh, on, Spotify, <laughs> on, on, on Spotify. But as I say, Spotify is a different animal. Um, I'm sure I can crack it one day. Yeah. Nate, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. I, I love what you do, man. I appreciate you. I just love watching your little Instagram at morning, mate. It, just, <laughs> make, it makes me smile. Do you know what I mean? It's, that's what you want. It's like, you did like, you're such a, an entertainer, mate. It, it, it's meant, it is meant. People just feel good from watching your stuff. From not being active for 20 years to do this now at this stage of my life when yeah. life's really got on top of me it's everything to me yeah follow your dreams everybody follow your dreams goodbye everybody goodbye with the best